Uh, I am solo parenting right now. So if the dogs bark, we'll just have to hold because they are in here with me. Okay. Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk. Skim milk. Medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about films that have gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Hilbert Taylor, and with me is my good friend coming to us today in um, non-drag, David William Rogers. Hello to you. What's up? I wanted to say like the cheers that they do is like crooka or, or crook, I don't know. Chookas. Chookas. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. So chookas. Oh, chookas. What are you Ooh. drinking there? Is that alcohol or is that? Yeah, this is tequila with muddled raspberry and there's a uh, this seltzer, probiotic seltzer called Huzzah. So I got it just based off exactly just based <laughs> off the name. So yeah, so I'm drinking. Okay, well I got my booty sweat back in the Nang, as yeah. you know, the only place to get booty sweat. The official sponsor <laughs> of the Age Like Milk podcast. Yeah. So David, it's just us today. We did have a guest. Shout out to my brother, Kipling Herbert Taylor, who was going to be our guest on this podcast. And at the last minute, didn't realize he was going away for a trip. So is not joining us today, but we will have him at a later date, I think. If what we're up, man? Yeah, Hello, Kipling. You're... Yeah, what's up? Yeah, I hope you're having the best time wherever the, the best hell time. you are. But David, it's our 75th episode, which yeah. is a big deal. That's milestone. huge. Congrats huge milestone. Congrats to you. Congrats to us. I mean, this is a pandemic baby that is mm-hmm. now out in the world, possibly getting reinfected with COVID because that's what everybody's doing. Um, but yeah, it's been an honor, a pleasure, if you will. Mm, mm. But this mm. this podcast boosted, you know, it's mm-hmm. boosted. So mm-hmm. in, in the milk, we're, you know, we got the additives yeah. and no one's getting sick over here. So. Yeah, totally. By the way, look at what I'm drinking. This is not actually booty sweat. It's the, one of those Surge White Claws. Surge from back, is, like, is that the Mountain Dew Surge flavor? No, this is the natural lime, but it's... I just looked and I'm like, it's 160 calories and it's 8% alcohol. <laughs> alcohol. It's so double. it's basically like two drinks. So That's I like just, when uh, we were playing that game at your house and Corbin was drinking those and out of nowhere, he was just hammered. Super drunk. We were playing <laughs> uh, Settlers of Catan and yeah. uh, Corbin, who was on our Interstellar podcast for those who are avid fans of the Edge Like Milk podcast, he had so much sheep somehow and he just kept <laughs> kept just yelling sheep. He just wanted to trade sheep and nobody wanted his fucking sheep. <laughs> So and um, then and then he'd be like, oh, so I'm the weird guy. So I'm the weird because yeah. <laughs> he would hold up the game because he didn't know what's going on because he was tipsy. It was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, he stood yeah. up and he probably had like five or six of those. He stood up and he was <laughs> gone, donezo. But anyway, that was a tangent. Yeah, Welcome to the right. lives of Paris and David. Uh, David, what is the film that we are discussing today? The film we are discussing is The Adventures of Priscilla. Queen of the Desert, That's directed right. by, is it Stephen Elliott, and also yeah. written by Stephen Elliott, and I started watching this, I had no idea, put it on, said Paris, where can I watch it, Amazon, cool, let's get into it, and I'm like, I know him, I know him, mm-hmm. I know this guy, yeah, Hugo Weaving, Guy Pierce, Terrence Stamp, just three monster actors mm-hmm. in, in a film together in 94. And I, and, like, and I will say, and Bill Hunter, who you may not know. But I don't he, know him. Okay, I was going to ask a, about he's him. He's a pretty legendary Australian actor, too. So, okay. yeah, this is who like one of those. Bob. Yeah. 
this is this movie like i think so you're saying the full name i didn't even know that it was the adventures of but priscilla queen of the desert is probably you know we don't have that many movies from australia that are such exports i feel like crocodile dundee for better or for worse we'll have to do that one maybe that can be our rewatch <laughs> with kipling um and then like this and like i don't know i mean there's just not that many Australian movies that are so, so iconic. Rabbit Proof Fence. I'm trying to think of a few. We've we've talked about a few. We did a Heath Ledger movie. But this movie is like, yeah, it's just known. Muriel's Wedding, which Bill Hunter is also in. But I had never seen this film properly either. I realized. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. So this, yes, is an Australian classic. So obviously you had never seen it before. You came in blind. Came in super blind. Blindfolded blindfolded yeah. first impression well let's do synopsis let's have you do it because okay you're the, you're the <laughs> all right so you have have three people who are in the drag community um also i think one or multiple are taking hormones because they're ben- bernadette is definitely bernadette trans. is trans mm-hmm. yep um and they are in a couple of like local shows and basically, it's Hugo Weaving, who's kind of Mitzi's character, is kind of like the leader. Mm-hmm. They show him he's ready to go, like, go off and to do something else. So he grabs Guy Pierce and he goes to Bernadette, played by Terrence Stamp, who is, um, I forget the, the, the person's name, but it's like based on an actual figure from Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who is super popular in drag. Hugo Weaving's character is based on Cindy Pastel. Okay. Who was super famous in the drag community in Sydney, Got and it. this this his character is based on 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 Sydney. So okay. yeah, yeah. So they go off and they go like through the outback, right? And I don't know, did they go to it was like a casino or a resort? That yeah, they it's, ended it's, up at? it's like they have this like show in a it, it's like a casino. So they yeah. they do like a road trip to it. Yeah. So basically, they just. It's a travel story where they experience experience life and have some life changing moments through that. Mm-hmm. They get stuck in the desert. Their car breaks or their bus breaks down. Um, there's a lot of tension between Guy Pierce and Tara Stamp. They're button heads. Hugo's trying to play the middle ground, keep things moving forward, and they get stuck in the desert. The engine breaks down. Finally, they get some help. That's when they go to the town to see Bill Hunter, who played Bob character, who fixes the bus. There's a part that we should talk about with uh, his wife <laughs> um, and what she does uh, with the ping pong mm-hmm. show. And then uh, they get divorced. Bob jumps on the bus and they make that connection. Uh, Bernadette and Bob, Bob and Bernadette. And yeah, they end up in that casino, do a bunch of cool shows with really cool costumes. I think this actually won an Academy Award for best costume. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, they just... They find um, like some some acceptance, right? They had some to begin with, but they they're met with like some homophobia, some transphobia, mm-hmm. and Hugo Weaving's character Missy actually has a son, and he becomes kind of proud of, to be a father because his son, his young son, mm-hmm. accepts him for what he is. So that was kind of a lot of cool moments. And with this, this movie is just like you know talks like a lot of empathy that you should have just for everyday people because it's just a human being going through Mm -hmm. a human experience. So I I really enjoyed that part of this film. Yeah. I mean, so ultimately it is a road movie 
and it's it's cute. I mean, I think it, it delves into a lot of um, important topics like acceptance, like you were mentioning, um, homophobia, transphobia, you know, what does a family look like, acceptance. I think there's some things in here that we definitely do need to discuss. You touched on you touched on a few, um, some racial stereotyping and yeah. some, some things like of that nature. Yeah, but let's yeah. let's start off by saying this. So what was your overall impression when you watched this film? Like, how did you come away feeling? I felt good about it. Like I said, it's just a, a story about three human beings going through some challenges and coming out on the other side of it. And we've seen that story many and multiple times. And they grew together, right? There's a lot of tension between them, like doing a lot of infighting. Um, they banded together when they were met with like opposition and people that were hateful on the outside, right? And they they learned about themselves. Bernadette st actually stayed at the casino. She didn't go back to Sydney because mm -hmm. she wanted to see what life would be like there. Mm -hmm. Like I said, uh, Mitzi's character played by Hugo uh, Weaving found out like he can be himself and mm -hmm. be a father. He doesn't, there's a scene where he's trying to talk to his son and he's like wearing like outback clothes and trying to spit and he can't even like spit correctly. It's just not who he is. And then his son's like, yeah, I, I hope you have a boyfriend when we get back. And he huge smile on his face, you know, he's just accepting. And then Guy Pierce is just, you know, great. Felicia. He's just himself the whole, the whole movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just thought this was just humans, a human story. And it just well, shows there's a ton of different walks of life out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we should be I, I came, I came away feeling very like, emotional and happy about it because i think you know as an australian like this really is one of the films like i said that you know people talk about and it's very iconic to australians i will say um that you know like i love the music there's a lot of abba there's a lot of great music in here and the costumes are delightful and the sets are delightful but i really was curious because you are far into this film Mm -hmm. uh, did you find the contrast between the city and the outback very stark? Like when I watch this film, they go into these small Australian towns and I've been to some of these places like Cuba PD, for example, is the one that they go to. And there's a situation where Adam's character, Felicia, uh, he decides he doesn't want to stay home. He takes drugs. He goes out. These are mining guys, right? Like I think in America, you kind of have stuff that's similar, like towns that people like fly in and fly like, out just to like work. Coal industry. Yeah. In Australia, like there's a lot of mining towns because a lot of Australian um, industries are built around mm. agricultural resources. Yeah. yeah. So we have a lot of mines and, and there are a number of places that you literally if you are a worker, you might do like six weeks on one week off or whatever, like, and you fly in and fly out. And there's typically not a lot of women in those towns. Actually, Deborah, who we had on one of our podcasts, she spoke about her experience living in a mining town, running it with her ex-husband, mm -hmm. right? It's a very isolating place. So they go to this town, Cuba Pedy, and uh, Adam slash Felicia dresses up in his slash her finery they call each other girls and stuff like that and goes to where these guys are and a guy kind of takes a liking to her and then when he finds out that he's not a woman he gets very aggressive and it was very confronting for me to see that and to know that homophobia still 
I think it's obviously so much better now, but it's still very much like in America, how like you might find much more liberal people in the big cities and then the smaller cities, there's like still like a stigma to being gay. And I'm sure you noticed it was quite disturbing. They chase Adam into like a junkyard. And what does he say? He says, hold him down and spread his legs. It's like, what the fuck were they going to do yeah. to him? You and know, Bob, Bob cut, showed up and yeah, and cut him, him and then rape him. Yeah. yeah. You don't know where that's going to go. No. And so, and, 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 you know, there's other things too. Like um, when the car breaks down, the bus breaks down, Bernadette walks through the desert and finds that couple in the car with the dead kangaroo in the back. And she's like, I've, I got help. And then they see them dressed up because they've just put on all these like huge gowns and they drive away and leave drive them there. off, strand yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting as well. I think, you know, the local indigenous people, the aboriginals, they fully accept them and think they're fabulous. You mm-hmm. know, like welcome them to the fire. And Good then night you, for it. Yeah. Sure. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then they even dress up and do it. And then you've got Bob who is just so loving and just like thinks it's amazing and, and is I saw them, a show back in the day. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah I love Tell, it. Tells them to come to the local pub and put on a show and he sort of oversells it and says that everyone's going to love it. And then you've got these like real red, kind of like the Australian rednecks just mm-hmm. who are like completely shocked and have no idea what to make of this show. Um, so it's just interesting. I mean, I think, you know, when people think of Australia, they do think of like Sydney and Melbourne and Perth and like these bigger places. And Australia is a very vast land that is similar to America where the middle is like people who aren't maybe as well-traveled or like have different interests. That's not to say everybody in those places is that way, but I find it's less accepting of like these guys. But on that, I did want to talk about the geography of Australia. Mm-hmm. So Adam slash Felicia's character played by Guy Pierce, he buys this bus. They're going to go to Alice Springs and he's like, it was only $10,000, right? <laughs> so I did the math. Okay. The math does not add up. So according to Google, it would take 29 or 30 hours. There's two routes that you could take from Sydney to Alice Springs. Alice Springs is in the Northern territories. Um, that's about, 17 so it's it's 2772 kilometers or 2786 kilometers depending on the route you take which is the equivalent of 1722 miles or 1731 miles which is the distance between los angeles and memphis okay so they say that they're going to drive it in a week right okay and he spent ten thousand dollars on it a flight to alice springs from sydney <laughs> is only 450 dollars return at the current moment and it takes three hours and 15 minutes so explain to me and i did the math in the, in the 1990s ten thousand dollars is the equivalent of twenty two thousand dollars today so tell yeah. me why they're spending twenty two thousand dollars on this rundown bus to drive for seven days i mean i guess is there an airport yeah the second in alice city springs? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just yeah. asking questions, playing yeah. the devil's but, advocate. I mean, maybe it's because they had so many so costumes, many costumes. And, and like part, you know, parts of the stage. Like they had that big shoe on the top. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Also, it's a less interesting movie if they just fly three hours and fifteen yeah. minutes. Yeah, oh, know? we're there. Yeah, but I just did the math, and I was, and I think Australia, I think geographically is as large as the U.S. Like if you flipped it upside down, it's kind of the same. But yeah, crazy that it's like driving from LA to Memphis and it, all these like random things happen to them. And it's just, yeah. 
about the bus, the man who designed the bus also designed all the cards for Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, wow. So I when that first scene, when Guy Pierce is on the shoe, and he's got that silver dress on that's oh, flowing so way in the back, the first thing that popped in my head was Mad Max. So then I saw this after, and I was like, oh, shit, that kind of makes sense with all the uh, cars that they did for Mad Max yeah. Fury Road which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And like the costumes, I mean, I think- On a low budget too. It was like 20 grand for the costumes. Costume wow. Budget. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I think it's, yeah, it's fascinating to see this film now and just to know how much like went into it, you know, like the costumes. So, okay. So let's talk about- something that was problematic let's talk okay. about yeah i was gonna got? say oh, i was gonna say let's talk about bob's <laughs> wife yeah so very stereotypical uh thai woman right I've well a, thai- a bad stereotype of a ba- thai woman well exactly but the yeah bad stereotype so i've been to thailand and the, this whole ping pong show thing right mm-hmm. so like people joke about it all that stuff so she gets up on stage after they do their set. Well, first of all, she's banned from the bar because she's she has a problem with alcohol, alcohol. So, so he says. So he says, but we probably come to realize that well, she's she... doing these shows, which she probably knew she was doing because in later in the movie, they do a flashback and he wakes up after a night of drinking. She's on the bed and it's like, we're married and shows him the mm-hmm. paper. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so she has... She takes this ping pong ball and all the guys start cheering. She zips down her pants. Ping pong ball goes away. Um, Guy Pierce's character is just loving it. He's cackling, laughing. And she leans forward to the camera and all the crowd's behind her. And you just hear a... And yeah. the ping pong ball goes flying. And she winks and it's all... Yeah, yeah. So She's she's also desperate to break into the the cupboard in her house, yeah. right? Like She's a dancer and she, yeah, she wanted... She loved that they were there eating dinner and she kept saying, I dance, I sing. She performs probably what she did in Thailand, but it's, it is a bad stereotype. I I found it quite offensive to be honest, because, you know, my mom lives in Thailand and I absolutely, there's no stigma to sex work. Like you and I are both very accepting of people, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But I think this idea that she's so excited to do it, like I just found that to be very characterized, characterized caricaturized yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's like you know and also it's just and then they keep making jokes about her being like a mail order bride there was something off about the portrayal for sure for sure and then the way she left like they had some of the stuff on her trunk. Oh, I saw like that. Like the big hat. Stereotypical oriental quote unquote hat. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And just like the way she talked to her husband. So it was just it was a little off putting for me. Yeah. So also Also, though, to read about it and, like, you know, to think about it, obviously, you're a man of color. Like, it's a very white story. And, like, you know, Australia is, you know, it's a pretty diverse place. But, like, we do tend to see a lot more, like, white depictions of Australians. Uh, But, again, like, if we're going to really analyze this film, there's not really any characters that have much of a character progression that are not, like, that are non-white, right? Exactly. You see just the Thai woman, Bob's wife, and then you see the Aboriginal people who mm-hmm. are super, super cool, yeah, right, down to earth, accepting of them and just chill. And they just wanted to hang out and they say, "Come kick it," but they don't 
go anywhere, like you no, said. They're, no, they're, they're, they're devices. They're not, yeah, to they're props. The story forward. Yeah. Exactly. And also, I will say, like, maybe you didn't notice this being American, but they, they borrow from Aboriginal culture. They, their set design, like the dots um, that are behind them in the show, that's an Aboriginal a style of painting that is very sacred to, to that, those people. And I just, yeah, again, like, I, I feel like this movie did so much, you know, for the LGBTQ community. And it's typically revered as like a very ahead of its time queer film. Mm-hmm. But of course we have to look at it through the lens. And I do think, you know, it's very much like a white privileged gay man's experience as much as you yeah. can have privilege in the nineties. I mean, let's talk about the AIDS thing. So this was, this film was made in 1994 mm-hmm. coming off the end, sort of like the tail end of the AIDS epidemic in Australia. Uh, Sydney. Yes. Is, was the hot, you know, it was the epicenter and that were, was a lot of fear around AIDS and they, some, they go to this town and somebody paints on the bus, AIDS fuckers get out or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and that was after they had a great night, though. They all dressed up. They went to a bar. There was one woman who was being a prick. And mm-hmm. Bernadette, I was geeking out. She's like, light your tampon. Yeah, blow it, blow your box <laughs> and, or something. And blow your, blow your box off. It's the best. Yeah. It's the only bang you're going to get or something like yeah. that. I was geeking out by that line. But yeah, all the guys loved her, I thought. and so. But it just I goes think- to show that like under the cover of darkness, there was still this fear of like, different and mm-hmm. outsiders and you know i think it, the tide was turning in the early 90s because of the introduction of like aids medication that yeah. you know people weren't dying but I, it's interesting to watch movies from this time period because it's aids is like still a problem now but it's not something that's sort of at the forefront of our minds is it because people are staying alive and the medicines are a lot better where people yeah. aren't getting it's not making them super sick right people yeah. aren't affected by it as much i think they actually cured a baby at one point wow. of it, where there was no trace of it in its system so yeah like you know good modern advances but to your point there was that scare and then actually this movie got slapped uh by the by that community because they really? didn't really get into the aids mm-hmm. uh epidemic and they also didn't show men kissing interesting okay well you also raised something about the women in the bar and i wanted to talk about the way women played into this movie. So that was something I wrote down right away that Australian men, at least in this movie would rather side with (laughs) other men who happen to be gay or trans, you know, formerly men who are now trans women over like an Australian woman. And they just, (laughs) these, okay. So I'm not shitting on Australian culture. I am a very, very proud Australian. I mean, we have a fucked history and I think every liberal Australian would be like, We've handled a lot of things poorly, but I am very proud of my country. I love it. I choose not to live there. I live here. However, there are some toxic masculinity things in Australia that I think are still prevalent today. And watching this film, it brought back like, you know, there's a very like blokey mentality in Australia. You know, the boys and da da da. It's like similar to, I think America and Australia have like a lot of similarities. But I totally paused the movie and wrote down that these guys, you know, would rather gang up on this one butch woman who's in the bar. Not saying you should gang up on anybody, but I just thought yeah. it was like so interesting. And then even like uh, Mitzi's wife. Uh, 
Marion. Marion. Yeah. She's portrayed as this very masculine woman, and she's kind of like I just feel like there wasn't a lot of like respect for women in this film. Really, I didn't think she was masculine, mm-hmm. and I just thought she was super cool with her situation, her husband's situation, her son's totally. situation. I thought she was great, but yeah, yeah. I felt like even in the film, she was like you know the guys. Oh, sorry, the other two, Bernadette and Felicia slash Adam, mm-hmm. were a bit like disparaging of her, maybe. And a bit like, I don't know. I, I just didn't think the, the female portrayal in this film was. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. Where it could be. <laughs> there's not, and there's not much of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. No, there were not, there weren't a lot of women in mm-hmm. this. There weren't, there were really not that many people of color or any kind of diversity. It was a, it was a white guy movie, but with obviously a twist. And yeah. I will say it's very progressive, I think, for the 90s to have this trans woman you know, character, even though, like, let's bring it up. It was played by a cis white man. And that's was the thing I was going to also bring up. So mm-hmm. I, would, I would like to know how uh, the trans acting community mm. feels about this, because me, just as an actor, just watching this, I thought they did an amazing job. Totally. Uh, falling into that character, living truthfully in it. Uh, really, really taking that, taking it there, giving believing. it, giving the, giving the role the respect it, it deserved. that it deserved. Exactly. However, we've talked about this in the past, like with Jeffrey Tambor and uh, the show that he did, Transparent, which mm-hmm. is, you know, we do maybe not in the '90s, although I'm sure there were trans actors, but it probably wasn't as you know accepted or common or whatever. Yeah. I do think this is such a lived experience. But it, it comes back to this like thing that we've always talked about. You and I have had this conversation so many times. Does this mean that straight characters can't play gay characters? Does this mean gay characters can't play straight characters? Like, I just think for me personally, and tell me your opinion, where we're at in our filmmaking history right now, there are so many people from the trans community that could have done, like could do a role like this so, so well. And we should honor them. And that experience is very unique. It's not the same as just putting someone in a wig or a dress. You know what I mean? Exactly. But, yeah. But we, okay. we've had this discussion. Yes. So, so like I've told you, I've had somebody in one of my acting classes say, if any of you guys go out for a gay role, you know, that's bullshit. For, like a gay guy told us that. I right. disagree. So right. I, I'm more even in like, you know, corporate culture. Opportunity. Everybody should have opportunity. Right. And then the best person should win out. So Mm. you got three fantastic actors. So if you put them all up against trans actors and they just told this human story or portrayed it better, felt those emotions, were able to do the events and get the emotion across in those scenes just a little bit better and it read better on camera, then they should get that role. And that's just, that's my opinion, right? Totally. And, and you're welcome. You know, we're all, we all have to have our own opinions and nobody yeah. it's free speech and nobody should be, you know, raked across the coals. But they should have the trans actors should right. have the opportunity to come in and read for that and audition. And when it comes to the trans community and again, like David and I are, we're straight, we're, you know, cis. I do think, you know, our opinion, you know, we, we're here to talk about it. It's our podcast. We pick the movies. We want to bring up the conversations. So, you know, people are welcome to have a a different opinion than us. But for me personally, I think where we're at right now in our our culture, I think trans people should be able to tell trans stories and portray trans characters because that experience is so underrepresented. I think we're getting better, but I Mm. think 
you know, it's such a unique situation and some people don't want to, you know, if you like, let's look at, um, what's her name from Orange is the New Black? Laverne Cox. Amazing. Amazing actress. You know, she's doesn't have to play only trans characters. Like she is a woman, you know, and we should give Mm -hmm. her the opportunity. There's another woman I follow on Instagram, Tracy, her last name's escaping me, but she was in that JLo movie hustlers and she's a woman. Like it, I, it's, it's annoying because it's like, they kind of, they don't want to get pigeonholed. I'm sure. And again, don't want to speak for them, but I do think in this instance, like for such a specific story, it would have been, I think, you know, obviously Terrence Stamp did an amazing job, but it would be, have been more authentic, obviously, to have a trans character, trans yeah. actor. So but then again, yeah, but it's can that you got to give them opportunity, and they just have to be like, yes, they yeah. can portray we just, that. And we just need more stories. We just need to through, normalize yeah. trans characters just being a part of a film, right? Exactly, too, and it just it shouldn't be, yeah, it yeah. should be normalized, and they don't have to just be a tr- throwing a trans actor, right? Right. It's just. That's just a person in the story, right? Yeah. So. I do think this is, and we should totally, I do know a couple of trans actors and I would be so curious. We'll have to invite them on the podcast to like have these discussions because I think it's important to further the conversation. Like, I mean, clearly in the 1990s, they, I don't even know if they went out to trans actors. I know that they talked to Sam Neill for this role and he turned it down yeah. and it was it's one of the biggest regrets of his it. life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but in terms of the story that it was telling about acceptance, I do think, you know, for the 90s, again, like, I have to be like, it was the 90s. So (laughs) it's pretty, pretty good that they could, that this movie became like so influential, you know, there's like, there's a musical about it now. It It inspired Kinky Boots as well. Like, this is like a jumping off point for so many stories that like just didn't seem possible before and somebody has to kind of do it and then like they probably don't do it the best but like at least it's out there so you gotta give it a little pinch but that was once the one thing i wanted to bring up another thing i wanted to bring up was i don't know if this is just me (laughs) but the australiana of it all occasionally for example the dead kangaroo in the back of the car yeah did did that seem (laughs) like a little too much Australiana to you. No, you got to understand. I, I need to take you to Wisconsin. And <laughs> like my, I'd walk into my uncle's garage and there'd be a dead deer hanging, okay. bleeding, out, bleeding out. Right. So that stuff really, it's just, that didn't even raise any kind of flag in my mind. Cause I just, just deer hunting and they hunt kangaroos apparently so yeah Yeah. well yeah i mean it's probably roadkill to be honest because something that people don't know about australian kangaroos is like not the sharpest animal (laughs) brains in the shed so kangaroos will frequently jump in front of your car not a good situation because most likely the car is going to come off worse if it's a big boomer as we call them but i don't know there was just certain things like that or um, they were drinking like VB, which is very Australian. There were just things that I sort of like laugh. I think now that I've left the country, you know, it's these stereotypical Australian things. Um, but also I was going to tell you that I had to put on the subtitles for myself. I put it on halfway through. But yeah, for you to do that, that's, that I makes actually, me feel better. Well, I actually texted some Australian friends and I was like, I'm watching this movie for the podcast. And I had to put the subtitles on and they were laughing. But... 
some of those accents, man, were <laughs> so strong. Fuck. I did you know? it just for the. I started at the cheers because I wanted to know what the cheers was. Chookers. When they're yeah, I mean, it means yeah, yeah. yeah chookers. It's like chookers chicken. Chukas, yeah, it's like it's like I don't know. It's like, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when were, I turned it on. Were there any other Australianisms that kind of jumped out at you that you were like, "What is the fuck does that mean?" No, but I, I just like I might start saying. It's a nice night for it. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice night for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there are a lot. It's, uh, yeah. it's funny, like you know, you'll have to come to Australia with me. We'll have to do a yeah, trip down there. But so dumb. just so so many little things. I can't even think of any you know specifics. But just yeah, the the language or like, oh crikey or too right or like I don't know, just <laughs> things that like I forgot that people uh, good eye say. Yeah, good eye. Yeah, they they say eye. it not not ironically, you know. Yeah, it's just uh, the guy oh. at the casino when he's greeting. Good night. Yeah, those yeah. guys were cute. You can't park your van here. And he's like, oh, it's the drag queens. And they go in. And they're so happy to see them. Oh, Australia. I love yeah. you so much from afar. I absolutely love the way Hugo Weaving, like, embraced himself. But then he had this, like, fear that I think we all have. Like, so, spoiler alert. It turns out he's married to a woman. And we never really get to the bottom of why they got married. But it was like she was a lesbian he was gay and then they have this kid and he keeps having this flashback scene of himself going to the hospital and he's like dressed as a chandelier it's fantastic <laughs> you know mr belrose congratulations it's a boy you know he puts a cigar, cigar in his mouth a lighter yeah. yeah but also like he's so afraid that like his son you know he's afraid that his son is going to judge him in the way that we've seen him be judged along the road mm-hmm. and then his son is just this cute little kid and the, the, his wife loves him and she she even says like you funny old queer which i yeah. don't know if I, you know there was some language that like they called uh bernadetta transsexual which i paused it and i scott was like walking in another room and i was like I don't think we use that term anymore, you know. Bernadette called Guy Pierce the the F word. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah, there's a lot of that. That's like that comedian people comfortable with each other saying things to each other. Yeah, and I also think like you know it's like you could use the N word. I would never, you know. (laughs) Like, um, so it's interesting. But I did think you're totally right. It's a human story. I think we all have that self doubt. Like, am I good enough? Will my family love me for who I am? Mm-hmm. What I will say is Guy Pierce's character, Adam slash Felicia, Hugo Weaving plays Tick, but his other name is Mitzi. And then Guy mm-hmm. Pierce is Adam, but it's also Felicia. And then Terrence is Bernadette. Oh, this is something interesting. To punch out Guy Pierce's character because he keeps dead naming him. That's yeah. not his name. That's a yeah. dead name. And people from the trans community can be very, very sensitive with good reason. Like that is not who I am. That's yeah. a dead name. Do not use my dead name. That's very disrespectful. It's like, you know, I don't even know what the equivalent would be, but it's like not a good thing to do. Yeah. So, but I did, I did love that. Yes. Hugo Weaving's character was like so confident, but then like the closer they got to Alice Springs, the more, you know, his fear started to creep in. And then he told his friends what's going on. Did not tell him that he had a kid until they walk in the door and then Bernadette faints and was like, Oh, you have a child. Mm-hmm. But Adam slash Felicia is like truly, so embracing of themselves but clearly realizes they have to grow up and then bernadette like you know denies this love that she feels for for bob for bob the whole way and then she's like he's too old for me because one thing we're jumping around here but the reason she decides to go on the road is her husband dies her little toy boy husband (laughs) she's like i gotta get out of here but yeah i mean you're right it's a human story and i think the love between bob and bernadette is really cute and cute to dive into because 
both of them were just like experiencing each other as humans. There wasn't really a talk about their sexualities or yeah. like their genders. And I think that's really forward. It just, they were vibing. Yeah. They, they went for it. They fell asleep on the cake. That was cute. Yeah. <laughs> Under the stars. Does yeah. it make you want to road trip around Australia, this movie? Um, Not so much. There's a lot of flat. I like the, the mountains yeah. and stuff at the yeah. end or the hills. That was Where cool. they climb up to the top in their Yeah. Outfits. I bet the stars are fantastic, though. They I, are. Would, I would camp out there. Oh, yeah. I will say as well, the scene with the dead... I keep coming back to the dead kangaroo in the car because it's just so shocking and gross. There's all these flies on their faces. Every time oh, I go yeah. back to Australia, I'm shocked slash horrified by how many flies are there it's just i think a bigger country like i remember walking around and my dad had like all these flies just hanging out on his back and you just like hit them and you'd hit you go like that to his back and you'd get like six of them i feel like i know in a in in america like i I probably see like a proper fly what like every now and then maybe in the country we probably got too much uh pollution garbage in the air yeah killed them all off yeah majority of them yeah no but i think this is a great great film it's definitely up there for australian classic cinema i remember yeah studying this at university although apparently i never watched it and just like knowing you know australian cinema has like kind of a specific brand we don't do we're just not a big enough country to have blockbuster you know type things like the matrix for example was shot in sydney but that's not what you would consider like an Australian film, mm-hmm. right? And Hugo was, he was the antagonist in that, in that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so funny that yeah, you recognize these guys straight away. He was in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. He's in. He's fucking. Uh, oh, they're, these are Hollywood. I mean, sorry, yeah. not Hollywood. Australian. Whatever the equivalent of Australian Hollywood is, Australian royalty. Yeah. You know, Guy Pearce, fantastic. Memento. He was in like Iron Man three. It's been so much. He's fantastic actor. They they were all very skinny well. in this. I was like wondering if they ever watch this movie and think like, man, I couldn't fit in that dress now, you know? Because <laughs> they're pretty tiny. They're yeah, pretty, they are pretty tiny. They look really buff. I mean, yeah, yeah Guy Pearce is certainly the most buff out of all of them, and he's yeah. he's jacked in this, but like, but like tiny skinny jacked, jacked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like slight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the film ends. So the whole culmination of the film is. Uh, Hugo's uh, Tick Mitzi's wife is like you need to take your son and take him to Sydney because I need a holiday they never say how long it is but I was also like does he not have school maybe it's the summer holidays I'm not sure and the final scene is this beautiful thing where he's on the, the shoulders of the lighting guy and he's cheering as his dad does because he asked he said will you do ABBA for me yeah and he said yeah and that's and then they were doing mm-hmm. ABBA at their in their hometown I was speaking with someone actually this week because I told them that I was watching this film for the podcast and I was saying that ABBA had such a grip on the Australian psyche it seems like because there's a fantastic movie called Muriel's Wedding with Tony Collette which we shall have to talk about at some point in the on the pod and her whole thing is she's obsessed with ABBA and it's just like it's interesting like this random ass band from Sweden I think it is <laughs> is like oh such they're a not cool- Australian abba yeah I, I have no idea what oh my yeah. god no david they're a scandin they're from a scandinavian country oh no I, yeah i had no idea so i'm assuming that means that abba didn't have the same hold on american no. culture i was asking i was asking <laughs> libby because she returns and i'm like are they from they from australia she thought she thought so too wow um but 
Yeah. No, they're from a scan. And this is what's so interesting. Like, you know, maybe it's like Australia only got certain records. <laughs> well, because uh, I was like, what other songs? Libby said, like, yeah, that's Mamma Mia. They have a whole. Yeah, this what, was before Mamma Mia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff because of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no. Pretty, but it, it sounds it, pretty influential. It's it's funny though because I remember talking to my mom. So Muriel's Wedding is this great movie with Tony Collette, and actually I think Bill is in it as well. Uh, the guy who plays Bob, Bill Hunter, he plays Muriel's dad, Tony Collette's dad, and the whole concept is like she's kind of a loser and she's obsessed with ABBA and all the cool girls don't love it. And I remember talking to my mom about it years ago and saying like, "Oh, was ABBA not cool? You know, in the '90s or whatever." And she was like, oh, no, if you liked it, you were a dag, which is basically like a loser. But I feel like ABBA has had like a resurgence. Like, I fucking love ABBA. I don't know about you. Do you? <laughs> I, Until I, I heard the Mamma Mia song, I, I don't what? think I know any of their oh. songs. I got to look them up. And Waterloo? Oh, my God. There's so many. Uh, <laughs> I don't know them. Dancing Queen? Holy oh, shit. Oh, dance. I know, see, I know. I got to look it up and see what song. But holy is. shit. So now I'm starting to think like maybe this was a real Australian thing because like damn and also why this band so so random but uh yeah love you abba if you listen to the podcast which you probably don't but um yeah come be on the pod big fans of the pod. big uh david uh, only knows one of your songs but i know every single song <laughs> so my wedding when i eventually have one will be every single abba song so okay so any final thoughts on the on the film obviously super cute australian movie i think we yeah. need to dive more into like random countries movies obviously australia is not that random i this is cool that i saw so Mm, when it was released some cinemas put up disco balls and use color lighting during the final dance number in the cinema like that would be cool for you're sitting there and then all that stuff pops up during that final dance number so i thought that was pretty cool yeah did you watch to the end of the credits because i yeah with the uh blow up dog little uh, secret secret spot yeah so basically uh adam flies a makes a kite out of like a out of a sex doll and a blow-up doll and like a dress i think and then it sort of like gets out of his hands and flies away and the very very final scene after the credits is clearly meant to be in china or something Mm. and they find the kite and they're like what the hell (laughs) i can almost guarantee there is a chinese uh garden in the middle of sydney and i i would put at least $20 on it that they probably just shot it shot there, there. <laughs> from oh, with like a creative yeah. angle. Um, I can't see them going to <laughs> China for one. To quick... do that one shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what was your favorite costume or dress ooh, that one of the characters wore? I think it's got to be when they go to the casino and maybe you didn't notice cause you're American. They, excuse me. I'm burping from my juice. Um, they make the they make the opera house. I don't know if you noticed that. So when they come out in the in the casino, you know when he faints when he sees his son is in the audience. Yeah, and they're wearing the big hair. Yeah, they've got the big hair, and then Straight so they ha- they have these big white sort of like triangular things. So one of the most famous buildings in Australia is the Sydney Opera House, and they kind of make it. And it was kind of a nod to yeah, like Australian like iconic stuff. Um, so that was probably mine. What about yeah. yours, uh, Bernadette's? first scene at the casino uh got like the thing wrapped around her head and all oh. the little fuzzy balls poking out of it yeah so she looks yeah. like a lion i told i told, I told my girl that she's dead probably oh <laughs> yeah that would be so funny 
Oh my god. Yeah. The, but the costumes were just so rich, so colorful, <laughs> so beautiful. And the songs um, were great too. Like so there's some old old school songs that I, I was like, damn, I haven't heard that song forever. You know, we both live in West Hollywood in, in LA and there is a drag bingo um down near us and I was watching this movie and I was like I would like to go to some more drag shows. It's just like a really fun. I've never been to one. Oh shit. Well, we should go. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, it's that time where we have to give someone from the cast or crew a shout out. David, you go first because I'm worried we're going to step on each other. And I I, I have two. I I think we are. So I went with uh, Tim Chappell, costume and wardrobe. Yeah. yeah, And and Lizzie Gardner. And Lizzie Gardner. It was a two-hander though. It was a two-piece. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, they won the Academy Award. On Congratulations, a, on a low budget, guys. and yeah, yeah the, some of these costumes and pretty cool, especially that one on top of the bus that Guy Pierce wore oh, the first one. That, that is an iconic me. shot. Yeah, because it's so it, many. They they had the emu ones, you know, the when they were the birds with the long, long necks. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah, <laughs> very Australian. Yeah, yeah. So that, I thought they did a great job. He's known for this movie, Miss Congeniality, Dressmaker, Boat Trip, and then yeah, it just. Great stuff. So good job. Okay. And, you know, we see you when we appreciate Tim you. Tim and, and also Lizzie, we see you when yeah. we appreciate you. Okay, well then, so you went costume, so then I have to go hair and makeup. So okay. I chose Angela Conti because the makeup was so oh, for sure. great and so expressive. Like Hugo Weaving, I mean, I know it's partly his face, but like, you know, they had these massive painted on like uh, eyebrows and the lips and it was just yeah, the lips so are, yeah. great. Anyway, so Angela has done a ton of stuff. She's known for Hacksaw Ridge, um, Relic. I mean, she has worked. Hacksaw Ridge was a great film, by the way. Um, the Knowing. I don't know. She's done a ton of things. Run Rabbit Run, which is coming out, I guess. I'm excited for that. Baby Teeth, which was a film that a girl I know from Hong Kong directed. Shout out to Shannon Murphy. She is a boss bitch, and we love to see an Australian Hong Kong girl crushing it. So, Angela, <laughs> we see you and we appreciate see you. We appreciate that you. movie would have been much worse without you. Um, <laughs> with all with all the departments, you know. Yeah. So, David, this is the part yes. where we have to decide if the film has aged like milk or not. What say you? Okay, so overall. I'm kind of going like, like, does it tip the scales for me one way or another? Yeah. Right. To the, and mainly if it, if I do think a movie didn't age well, that's because it really like turned me off and it tips me way over. I do think that scene portraying that Thai woman definitely was off, and yeah, it super, wasn't a good wasn't a good portrayal. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, it wasn't a good portrayal. Um, but overall, with that little blemish. I still felt good coming out of this movie. I laughed a lot and I felt for these people, right? So when they're going through some of the hardships and then I felt good for them when they, when they won. So I, I don't think this movie aged poorly. I thought it aged pretty well and I think it holds up. Uh, I would like to see some um, input from, you know, that community just to see if this movie holds up for them, if anything turns them off to it but for me just a good human story and good road story so i liked it yeah yeah i'm with you totally agree i think you know i'd love to talk to someone from the community from the trans community from the lgt lgtbq plus a community and just know how they feel about it because for me you know it's just it just rankles a little bit and same with like yeah the portrayals i mean 
But I guess on, on this movie, I'd say like it's an upside down Australian movie, like the toilets flush the wrong way around. And <laughs> I think I can give it a little bit of a pass. I think it was a little bit of a trailblazer and they weren't perfect. And you shouldn't be afraid to tell stories that are from different perspectives, because if nobody tells them, then someone awful will tell them. So I'm glad this movie exists and I'm excited to go and like go on like a Hugo Weaving and and Guy Pierce binge. Like I haven't yeah. seen them for a second and I and and Terrence Stamp, all of those. Oh all, all the people in this movie. Like yeah. I need to seek out their new movies and Guy Pierce was in that show on HBO Max. The one where she was the detective. That's Mayor of Easttown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she, yeah. yeah, that was fantastic show. i had a bit of a crush on guy ps when i was younger i probably still do i mean he's just a little bit older but you know when you're little you're like i don't know so hot and i think i might have crossed paths with hugo weaving at a film festival once and been like hey i'm also australian and he's like oh cool and that was like the end of the conversation <laughs> so you know aussies we try to find each other yeah exactly yeah. check you later yeah cool yeah. have a good life see you never <laughs> see you never never yeah, and then uh, Terrence, it looks like he was in that movie last night in Soho. Oh, with uh, Roger Wright directed? Yeah. Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't checked it out yet, but I it's on my list. My never-ending list of things that yeah, I will eventually keep, see. Cool shit keeps coming out, too. <sighs> so, yeah. Could everyone just chill? Find like, the could, time. Could we just like pause for like a month, and then you I can catch up? You want another shutdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be. I actually said that to Scott the other day. Like, obviously, touch wood. I do not want to go back into lockdown, but it was great for getting through content. Let's be yeah. real. <laughs> it sure was. All right. Well, that's the podcast, guys. Thanks yeah. for coming along on this Australian cinema journey, David. For now, you should check your fridge and make sure that milk ain't spoiled. Gross, Michael's gross. Hopefully, we'll have Kipling Herbert Taylor join us on the podcast soon, David. I love talking movies with you. Until the next time. Same. Love you, girl. Happy 75. See ya. Number 75. And we did an Aussie film, which feels good. Um, Here's to number 100, which we will definitely do something huge for. Throw a rager. I always said to you we would do 75 and we would do a live podcast, and then it just kind of snuck up on us. So that was a lie. Hold on. One sec. Oliver. Go to your bed. Go said, to your... He said, aww. I know, did you hear him say that? Yeah. <laughs>